the end of the day, if you do fail at something, that is fine too. So what if, what if I fail? What if I don't finish my race? What if it is a learning experience that will give you such good knowledge and things to rely on and a capacity that you wouldn't have had prior, which is only a bonus at the end of the day. And whilst it isn't the goal that you wanted, maybe the outcome is better than the goal you wanted. You just don't know it yet. That was James Newbury, and this is the Running Deep Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Running Deep Podcast, episode 32 with James Newbury. Thank you so much uh, for tuning into this week's episode. And I'm, look, I'm really excited about this one because it was, you know, just a down-to-earth conversation with an ex-professional CrossFitter. Uh, it's a funny story how James and I met, um, but I'll keep that for the episode. Uh, but I just sit down with him. We, we had a really good conversation just about optimizing health, optimizing mental health. Um, you know, he does have a big following, but really in reality he's as human as you and me uh he goes through you know the peaks and valleys of life um he does get stressed he's just a normal dude that can run really fast and lift really heavy um but i won't bore you with the introduction too much um so please enjoy this week's episode with me and james newbury we're doing it (laughs) um dude thank you so much for doing this my pleasure i really am excited to be on here and i'm so sorry i'm late (laughs) (laughs) no it's all good man um i think to start this off like just for the listeners um because they're going to look at your profile and they're going to go wow this guy massive following fit like fit dude um to give a bit of context in how the funny story how we sort of met and connected um so i don't even think i've actually told you this story either yeah. so for th- those that know that i'm in hospitality uh, the hospitality industry and anyway i um have this guy with dreddies come in you and i was like oh like this dude's fit like he looks fit you've came in with your um cycling gear on mm. and then you know you've come in a few times in the mornings and then i'm, sc- I'm having a scroll on instagram and i'm like I know this dude like he comes in every single morning and then i had a look and went holy shit like you're like the fitness man and then i fucked up your coffee order and gave you milk regular milk. <laughs> that's right no i remember that vividly i remember walking in a few times um and uh seeing you there and then i was like oh i feel like i think i feel like i've seen this fella before as well i don't know it just it just kind of happened that mm. way as well but um yes i haven't actually ridden my bike for quite some time, but I'm going for a ride tomorrow, funnily enough. And I think that, like, we, with this conversation we're going to have today, I think, you know, I want to I wanna give a bit of, like, a, a story into who you are as a person. Um, you know, like, a real raw version of you. And, uh, again, on your Instagram and that, you know, you are unapologetically who you are. That That is who you are, and that's the best thing. Um, but, you know, of course, we see the, you know, the athlete, that you are now um but you know what's the lead up into what you do because you are a triathlete you are an ex-professional crossfitter yep um you do you run you do everything you do absolutely everything and you know my question to you to to paint a picture for the audience is where does that stem from because you don't just go from nothing to that was this like a gradual lead up over many years of yeah childhood or like yeah good question well the way that i see it is i get bored very easily Mm -hmm. so if something's not firing me up something doesn't make me excited something doesn't make me want to get after it then i'll do something else something that does so leading up um to make a really long story just fit into a segment basically i grew up with an older brother who was only 11 months older than me. So we were like joined at the hip and Mm -hmm. we used to compete in everything. It was like who could kick the ball the furthest, who could run the fastest, who could jump the furthest, who could climb the tree the (laughs) quickest, all that type of stuff. So I was really competitive 
naturally growing up from mm. a very young age. And then from there, I got stuck into little athletics. That's where I really started to gain my competitive nature um, even more. It was like it was um, uh, enhanced. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very good to start my first week. I was terrible. Second week came back, got a couple of tips from a friend of mine's dad and it changed everything. I went from coming last in my race. I lost all my events the weekend before mm-hmm. and you had an A week and you had a B week. B week was a completely different set of events. I came back in B week and he said, I saw you run last week. I'm eight years old at the time, seven mm. years old. <laughs> and he goes, I saw you run last week and you were looking left and right. You weren't staying up nice mm. and straight. You were focusing on your opponents. Um, and that's why you didn't do very well. And I was like, hmm, interesting. And I remember thinking about it then, even so vividly now, I remember it because it was such a crucial moment that I've thought back to a, quite a handful of times. And so I did what he told me to, mm. keep my back up nice and straight, look through the line, don't focus on my competitors and pump my arms and breathe Mm. so i did that ended up winning the race so i went from like last to first within a week i was like wow Mm. just this one little tip can change everything so i was like maybe i can put that into practice with everything else so then i was seeking tips on how to high jump better how to long jump better how to shot put better discus javelin how to run a 1500 meters better how to pace it Mm. and then that kind of that was like the that got the, the the ball rolling and then i got stuck into little uh, I got stuck into rugby league mm-hmm. and typically even nowadays even as professionals you if you've got speed that's one of the biggest key components of being a dangerous on the field is if you've got speed you can score points you can score points you can win games you can win games it's very good for the club <laughs> and so I got stuck in rugby league and because I was quite fast for my age um later later down the track everybody caught up to me but I was fast for my age at the time and so then I got I grew to really enjoy rugby league because I could score points. I could just run around people and they wouldn't be able to catch me, which was great. And then it kind of stemmed from there and I wanted to become a professional rugby league player. So at that particular time, I enjoyed surfing. I enjoyed volleyball. I enjoyed touch footy. I enjoyed rugby league. I enjoyed track and and every element of track. I enjoyed um, surf lifesaving. I enjoyed beach sprints. Whatever task I could be given that was um, athletic, Mm -hmm. I would like to have a crack at it. Mm. And if I wasn't that good at it, I would want to become good at it. So I'd look at the people that could do it really well and be like, okay, look at what they're doing Mm. and try and emulate it and do it and do it and do it until you've got it pretty well. Mm. And that's kind of what happened when I then transitioned out of rugby league. I played, I played decently high level. I played a couple of Australian teams as a junior, Mm. Um, played state uh, for maybe seven or eight years in a row. Um, So junior school boys, Australian team, um, affiliated states and stuff like that and then I played decently competitive touch footy um, wasn't the greatest but I had a crack mm-hmm. and then I transitioned out of that into CrossFit and then I walked into the CrossFit gym and I thought I'm just going to do this as a way to make my football better I'm going to do it as a strength and conditioning piece mm-hmm. of my week to help me get stronger more powerful faster fitter mm-hmm. uh, more able and I didn't know much about it at the time from there I took everything that I'd been learning for the last 15 years and started um, changing changing the way that I moved to move more like a crossfitter. I was like mm. making my strict pull-ups into, you know, kipping pull-ups, learning how to handstand walk, learning mm. how to handstand, and then just combining all facets of fitness, whether it's uh, powerlifting strength mm-hmm. with dynamic ollie lifting strength, with running a 100 meters fast to running a 10K fast, and then... So I had a good foundation of base. I love to run. I love to do shuttles and intervals and I do a 3K time trial every Friday night by myself. So I knew how to kind of lift weights and kind of run. And then coming into CrossFit, it was like, okay, that running capacity can be then um, redirected into the rower, can be redirected into the bike, into the ski erg and all that type of stuff. So I had a good foundation and I was also keen and eager. So when I didn't win an event, even in the gym, in the gym setting, Mm -hmm. just playing around, I'd be like, why didn't I win? So then I'd ask the coach. I was like, okay, where did I, what's what's stopping me from, why did why did Maddie beat me? Like what's happened? He goes, oh, you broke your to- toaster bar up too much. Very inefficient. If you watch Maddie do his toaster bar, he does them like this. And I was like, okay, better do my toaster bar like that. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, okay. And then if another workout came up and it was like, mm, I struggled here, struggled there. It's like, cool. So then I took it upon myself to work on those skills and components of CrossFit to get better at each one. But I didn't rely on somebody else to tell me to do it or 
to encourage me to do it. It was self-motivated. And that was something that I learned from a young age. If I wanted to be good at something, I had to be self-motivated to do it. And that was just it, really. I kind of understood understood what delayed gratification meant as a, from a mm. young age. I understood that's something that you really enjoy or like or you've got a big asp- aspirational goal that you want to achieve. It might take 10 years to get. And I was semi-okay with that. Mm. I wanted it to happen in two or one. Mm. But it's usually never the case. So I quite understand that things, all good things take a bit of time. And it's only very, very rarely do they ever just happen overnight. So... Number one, I understood delayed gratification. Number two, I was very self-motivated to have a crack at everything. And if I didn't, if I, if I wasn't very good, I would take the time to get decently good. So every time there was a, a movement that popped up, mm. I would just spend that time working on learning. toes to bar, how to become the most efficient toes to bar, how to become the most efficient handstand walker, how to run better, how to lift weights and then run, how to lift weights and then row, how to row and then lift weights mm. and just figure out all the different components and just spend the time doing it. And then luckily enough, learning how to do these things, sometimes you give somebody a task and it might take them 12 months to learn. Probably one of the things for me, because I had been exposed to a lot of variants of fitness modalities previously without really knowing it, it didn't take me 12 months to learn anything. It took me like a a day or a week Mm. to learn these things. Mm. Um, So that's kind of where it all kind of came from. And then as I get again, probably the biggest <laughs> component of this, I get bored easily. Mm. So if something's not firing me up and not making me happy, I'll go find something else that does. Mm. And that's pretty much it. So I enjoy doing Ironmans. I enjoy doing Strongman. I enjoy doing powerlifting, Ollie. I love doing CrossFit. I like bouldering. I like surfing. I like playing touch football. I love it's community like aspect. <laughs> yeah, I just like getting around and having a crack. And just that's what fires me up, just having a crack. But the other cool thing about it is I'm also really enjoying the uh, exposure to meeting new people. Mm -hmm. So not just the exposure to a new sport or a new game, but also the exposure to a new new network of people that might be able to show me something cool or fire me up about something new. And that leads into the next part, which is I pretty much try and live every day um, getting fired up about what I'm doing on a daily basis, something that makes me happy and excited. And if I'm doing that and I can and I can direct it towards a way that helps to build a career that supports the lifestyle mm. I want to live, great. That's fucking awesome. So, like, from all that, like, uh, as you said, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Mm. And I think for a lot of people, including myself, that's a very hard concept to grasp. And I think the biggest takeaway from that is, like, You've got to continuously learn. Like you've you've got to continuously put yourself out there and and do what you're doing. You know, so from from that, like you you've done all these sports. You're you know you're trying everything. How do you get into like so? Where I want to make the arc here is into the CrossFit games. So you so what counts as a professional CrossFitter when when you are competing? Like what 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 are the steps that you have to take to get to that level because that is a that's i've seen those guys and everyone already has you know a, a preconceived idea of what crossfitters are and you know what, what's that um joke that everyone says like with vegans or crossfitters. yeah oh mate put them both together and you get the worst yeah that's me <laughs> so you know with that like how do you get to that level because there's cro- there's there's crossfitters that do it casually and you know yeah the weekend warriors the weekend warriors but then there's the the guys who i see on gram and yeah they are fit like they yeah. are some of the fittest in yeah. the world yeah the, so to become a professional crossfitter these days it requires you to have the most broad capacity across every type of fitness modality you possibly mm-hmm. can so if we were to look at a spectrum and you were to look at a you know, kipchoge who can run the marathon in a crazy fast time two hours 201, 201. Yeah. and then you look at someone like Eddie Hall, uh, who can deadlift 500 kilos. We're looking to build, we're looking to extend the gap. Uh, We're trying to take those two areas that are so far out here and have one person who can get close to this, close to that, and be good at everything Mm. in and around it too. So learning and training the body to be fast, 
be strong, mm. be powerful, be flexible, be accurate, be endurant, mm. have stamina. Mm. We're looking to train every fitness modality because back in the day, this started out as a fitness training protocol to help first responders. Mm. So you don't know what you're going to get when you go out as a first responder. You might have to lift somebody. You might have to run from something. You might have to put yourself in a uh, precarious type of situation where you need to bend this way, pull this way. You need to, to be, be ready for be what comes. Be ready yeah. for anything. And to be ready for anything, those 10 modalities that I just mentioned, or I mentioned six or seven of them, but there's 10, mm-hmm. you need to be at a good capacity mm-hmm. across all of them. And if you lack in any of those areas, the idea of CrossFit is it's going to highlight it and let you know about it. Mm. That's the whole That's the whole idea mm. of the CrossFit. If you can do all those things really well, but you're not very flexible, mm. then your snatch will suffer if your overhead flexibility is not great or mobility is not great. Mm. If you can do all those things well except this one thing, it'll pop up in a workout and it'll be showcased. Mm. So the idea is to do all those at a good capacity so you are able to approach life with confidence mm-hmm. and that is helping you for longevity. That's helping you still stand up out of this chair when I'm 95 years old. That is helping you um, uh, allow the body to stay strong, be agile. Um, and it also, it, it goes along so many different other pathways too, but also the social and community aspect mm-hmm. of it. That is another huge component of, of CrossFit. A lot of people talk about the community and that is something that I feel like there's probably another element to those 10 fitness modalities, but it comes down to your mental and emotional fitness too because that'll wreak havoc on everything else as well if that's not in check. So the idea behind it is, yes, let's lay a groundwork for anyone who wants to participate that wants to be ready for anything that comes up, mm. whether it's gardening or picking up a wheelbarrow or carrying the groceries inside, then let's just turbocharge that and that's the CrossFit Games. Mm. So now we're not only expecting – so some key key numbers back in the day that people looked at as like unachievable was can you pull – can you back squat 500 pounds, so 227 kilos, and run a sub five-minute mile? That was like, wow, if you could back squat that amount – there's not a likely chance you could run a sub five minute mile mm. and vice versa. If you could run some five minutes, you're probably not back squatting that much. Mm. So it's like, if we got to that point, that would be pretty insane. We've had a few people do it now and it's, you know, it's a, a thing that now, you know, there's a, a fair amount of people that can have a crack and do it. Now it's like, okay, cool. So what else is there? We want to try and make sure that we can, um, now adding in this extra modality, people are, are getting in the water more, they're swimming more. Mm. So, and for me, I was never like the best at anything at the CrossFit Games. I won one event out of the four years that I was there. But in saying that, I always was proud that I was quite good at a lot of the facets that they never held at the CrossFit Games or didn't put as much emphasis on. Mm. So back in the day, we there was I felt like there was quite a bias towards strength. And that was one of the biggest things that was uh you know one of my buckling things but mm. a lot of the guys who were super strong at the crossfit games couldn't swim for shit <laughs> like none of them could get in the water none of them could paddle very well mm. and their running was terrible mm. but nowadays everyone is getting pretty good at everything oh. everyone is everyone can run pretty well they're still like everyone there would be running probably oh they'd all be running sub no sub 20 minute 5ks and also deadlifting 250 so yeah, I'd say pretty much everyone there could deadlift mm. close to 250 and run sub 20 minutes, which is pretty good. Um, that's, fuck. Yeah. that's really good. So, and then, but then it's like, okay, what other things can we introduce to the sport that's going to chuck a spanner in the works? And for a lot of people, they aren't great at swimming. There's a handful of guys that are great swimmers that go there um, and a handful of girls. Tia is one of them, fantastic swimmer, even one of the best swimmers, even out of the guys. Mm. But in saying that, what else is there? What type of things haven't they actually touched on yet? They haven't done a marathon there yet. Mm. Maybe they would never will. They haven't done an Olympic triathlon. Maybe they never will or a 70.3. I feel like it would be the next step would be to challenge the athletes to do some things that are mainstream, that Mm. people actually have some tangible numbers to work from to see how fit they are. Mm. Give them a powerlifting total and then give them a 70.3. See how they're going to stack up. That'd be 
really interesting to watch. And then everybody from the powerlifting scene was like, wow, their numbers aren't bad. And then the 70.3s, or maybe give an Olympic instead to start with, oh, wow, their numbers aren't bad. But it's actually something that you can have some correlation or some some type of uh, connection with. Mm. Because at the moment, we're doing some, you know, we're handstand walking 100 metres. Nobody does that really. And no one's like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's fascinating to watch them do handstand walking. And yes, whilst it does test your upper body stamina well yeah that's cool but maybe let's test it in something that other people from other sports can look at and go oh yeah i've done that Mm. i know how hard it is yeah like i i've seen some of these guys like again including yourself like i think there's one uh what's his name nick bear nick bear yeah 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 so I, i think this is a really good segue into you know that hybrid athleticism mm. And I see, you know, it's something I aspire, like, again, it's a lot of time and effort to get to that point. But you see these guys who are squatting 180 kilo, deadlifting 200, and then doing, you know, a sub five minute mile. And it's like, how, how or what, like, what, what is the training? And, and like, I think to bring it back to you, you know, what, like, for the listeners, like, what, what's a... What's a clean and jerk? Like, what's something your max for that? 160 kilos. And then, do you guys do bench much? Yeah, we can bench. Yeah, 140. Fuck. Yeah, 140. But that's like, like, I think I was still, I was doing that when I was like 20, 19, 20. I was benching about that when I was 19, 20. I haven't really progressed since then. Yeah. Because I haven't really had to work on it that much. But there is so much time and effort that goes into it. But I've seen the trend now with a lot of people, and I, I think it's a healthy trend. It's, you know, there's uh, social media. There's the Novatech boots trend that yeah. they do fuck all. But then you've got these, you know, hybrid athletic, you know, to be a hybrid athlete. So what does it like, what is your definition? Because I think CrossFit is the, the, the whole spectrum. Mm. And then, you know, what is your definition of a hybrid athlete? And why why do so many people want to be a part of that group well so to touch on the question that we had before about being a professional and what it requires it's going to require a lot of hours these days Mm. and then i'll touch on the next one it requires a lot of hours and it requires you to stick to a particular structured program Mm. programmed by someone who knows the ins and outs of what you're going to see at the in the open Mm. in the quarters at nationals and then at the games Mm. and you have to stick to that like like your life depends on it it's to that degree mm. and leading into the games you're pulling five to seven hour days of training and it sucks but you can only maintain that for like eight weeks maybe if you have good a good set of a good a good lead up a good good amount of years of lead up mm. of volume accumulation mm-hmm. but you can't sustain that all the time so it requires a lot of time it requires athletic potential it requires dedication to your diet it requires dedication to your recovery your sleep your hydration the recovery protocols that you put into play, it requires everything and it, you need to sacrifice it all and then be okay with not being understood mm. by anyone about what you're doing. And that's it. If you can do that and you can have a good team of people around you that are going to support you in this crazy mm. expedition and this journey that you're about to go on, then that's probably what it's going to take these days. Now, touching on the difference between, say, CrossFit and hybrid athletics or hybrid sport, I would say that CrossFit is more of a mixed modality of intricate specialties within particular sports. Then hybrid training is performing two ends of the spectrum in mainstream sport. Mm -hmm. That would be the way that I explain Mm. it. So that would be, for instance, doing an ollie competition Mm. and then going and doing a marathon or doing a powerlifting competition and then doing a Olympic distance triathlon or doing a an ultra or a double ultra or doing, for instance, say something like a, a strongman competition um, combined with a half mara or a full distance Ironman or something like that. Something that basically sports that are in the mainstream, but two ends of the spectrum and you do them both and you do them both pretty well. Mm. That's what hybrid is to me. Then on the other side of the coin, you've got say CrossFit, which they have so much, uh, crossover there's mm. a little gray area in the middle where it crosses over which i like to sit in crossfit you'll be doing the basics of gymnastics for i uh, say a three to five year old mm. you know how to walk on p bars how to do handstands how to do hollow body um hollow body holds or dish shapes mm. and learning how to do pull-ups and learning how to do bar muscle-ups 
you know, these are types of things that we're taking from the gymnastics realm. Then you're taking the things from the Olympic lifting realm. And then you're also taking things from some powerlifting. And now they're starting to broaden their spectrum of what they have to test now because people are getting so good. Back in the day, you could get a eight different tests. You could test them across some strength, some endurance, um, some gymnastics, and you're good. Mm-hmm. Now you're testing them across all those things, but now you're en- encompassing different types of exercises to test those particular modalities like swimming, canoeing, uh, racing, criterium. You're adding in other implements now because people are progressing. Back in the day, we were here on that spectrum with this marathoner out there and the powerlifter out here. Now we're like here and then we'll be here and then it'd be someone who can run a (laughs) sub three-hour Mara and probably still deadlift 280, you know, something like that or deadlift 300 kilos and do a sub 10 full distance Ironman you know that's something that's hectic and is always in, is being eventually that will happen yeah 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 hopefully hopefully that I can be the one to do it you will I've <laughs> seen some of you like some of your lifts man like they're like it's, they're impr- like you you are really fucking strong and you can throw down a quick 10k yeah like. yeah yeah they're the things that I quite enjoy um, I would need to I think dedicate probably a solid period of time to get ready for something like that i it's intrigued me before i wanted to start a training program to lead up to something like that say Mm. like a 300 kilo deadlift and a sub 10 ironman in the same day (sighs) like literally i pull the deadlift pull the deadlift and go and start the ironman or do it all within like the idea was to do it all in under 10 hours so actually pull the deadlift Mm. do the ironman and get it all done in sub 10 i am extremely i'm being extremely productive outside of my training Mm. so and training these days at the moment for where I sit right now um, is condensed from what it used to be. So what, like right now, what is like, how many hours a week are we roughly talking training wise? Um, Like in, in all disciplines? Six hours. Six hours a week? Yeah. You're still so fit. Is that just years and years? I think so. I think, I think so at the moment I'm, because I'm so busy, I I want, I'm going to find another term. I'm being, I'm so committed mm-hmm. to my business and that is everything to me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst it is my number one priority, mm-hmm. it doesn't sit at the top. Mm-hmm. It's my number one priority that sits below a few other foundational pieces that mm-hmm. don't even need to give it a priority. Those other foundational pieces are my sleep, my nutrition, the people I hang around with and making sure I'm training on a regular basis mm-hmm. um, and not overdoing the training either. If I put so much emphasis on my training these days that I had to be pulling two and three and four hour days in training, Mm. I would suffer everywhere else and I'd be useless to everybody around me and useless to myself and I would not be a good person. And that's not what I want. So at the moment, I'm okay with training an hour a day. I just do the class. I do a CrossFit class four mornings a week. Mm -hmm. I run track once a week. I'll go to the track and I'll sprint once a week for 45 to an hour. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do... I'll pull a, a 10 to 12k maybe 15k's if if i'm encouraged mm. um and that's pretty much what i do on a, on a regular weekly basis at the moment and i am feeling rather fit doing that only because i feel like i'm so fired up with every other aspect of my life that i'm happy mm. constantly mm-hmm. and i feel like when you're happy constantly and you're so excited for the day everything else is just intensified so mm. There's probably some type of really cool hormonal effect going on where mm. I'm stoked and happy that things are uh, magnified when I do them. Right. Whereas, you know, before I was training four and five hours a day feeling absolutely buckled. Mm. Yes, the purpose of the training was to buckle you so that you could rebuild stronger. Mm. And that's what was required. Sure. I get that. But now I'm when I do my sessions. I'm doing them with a smile on my face with not much care. Mm. Um, in terms of care, when I say like, I'm not like, oh, I should have gone five seconds faster. I was just mm. like, you know, I just, this is what I had today. This is mm. okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm putting no pressure on myself to do it, but I'm in a happy place. And I've always said, I would rather go into competition 15%, 10, 15% less fit and stoked and happy and joyful. And I'd do better for sure. Oh. You know what I mean? I it's so funny. Like the universe, it, oh, I needed to hear that. Mm. I needed to hear that. Yeah. So 
uh, I, just before you came in, I did a video. Um, long story short, uh, a close friend of mine has he's in a coma in Bali at the moment, so I'm going to raise some money to help him get get him home. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my training. Not even kidding. I I'm like this. I'm up and down. One week I'll do sixty to seventy k. The next week I'll do thirty, forty k. You know, kids, family, work, everything in between. And I haven't had a very. I think my whole training life, I haven't had a very linear mm-hmm. training pattern. It's always been ups or downs, sick, whatever it is. And I'm running one hundred and sixty kilometers around the Griffith Uni track. Amazing. So and it's for a good cause. It's it, for a very good cause. Um, but, you know, I've been so caught up on the training, like, you know, fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. I haven't trained, I haven't done the proper training. To, and I'm like, even if I was doing the proper training, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. And I'm enjoying, you know, the speed sessions now. I'm enjoying the running that I'm doing now. And I'm going, tell you what, it's it's all up here. I'm going to, if I'm there with people, I'm going to enjoy it. And that's going to get me through. And 100%. Oh, like 100%. It's, I feel like, when you go out and you do your 160, which you will do and you will get done, it's it's going to be hard anyway. Oh, yeah. It's going to be freaking hard. And everything it, there, everything will happen for you when you need it to happen at the right time. And if mm-hmm. you've got things that pop up that feel like they're just getting in the way, you never know mm. what's going to come of it. There's probably a silver lining somewhere. But as long as you come into it in a good frame of mind – you'll put your best foot forward and sometimes things are out of your control. Mm. And at the end of the day, you just, you keep doing what's within your control to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. Things will work in, in when they need to work. And I think this is like with all that and, you know, with the training and the dieting and that, and I think the key point with, that I want to touch on with you, especially with you is, um, you know, optimizing peak performance mm. and, and, such a buzzword like it's mm. like peak performance it's a very social media word and you see the reels and you see all that you know for you and what you're doing and on your journey at the present time what what does peak performance look like to you i think peak performance would look like um okay <laughs> quick question in a training sense or in general in general. In general. Okay, so peak performance would look like to me someone who is has a has a holistic mm-hmm. and concise lifestyle mm-hmm. that allows them to do what they want to do on a daily basis and fires them up on a regular basis and makes them excited for every single day. Mm-hmm. If you are honing your health, your body, your biology, if you're honing your social community um, aspects of life, if you're honing your nutrition, if you're honing your sleep, if you're honing all these different types of things, all the little stimuluses that you know you might want to add in, things on top like the ice and the, and the heat, all that type of stuff. But if you're just honing your general holistic lifestyle approach and you're fired up on a daily basis, that is like peak performance. Like you can't you can't go much past that. If I feel like if we've got like say three sections here, one would be lifestyle, mm. which would encompass, okay, making sure, again, you're hanging around with good people that bring you up, make you feel good and make you want to do better on a regular basis. Another part of that is training and doing the things that make you better. Everyone's like, give me the perfect training program. It's like whatever you love and you're going to stick to. That's mm-hmm. the best one. And then on top of that, you might want to add in some things like getting grounded and seek, seeking sunlight and getting into the ocean and you know, getting amongst nature as much as possible. And that might be your lifestyle. And then down here, we've got like nutrition. And then in that nutrition, are we eating a really very diverse diet? Are we getting in the things that are going to help us thrive? They're going to really enhance our biology. We're doing those things. And then what do our guts look like in another section here? So what does our microbiome look like? And that has triggers and accesses to every single different facet of what we've got going on in our biology, to the way we think, to the way we deal with stress, Mm -hmm. to the way we build muscle, to the way we um, keep uh, cellular health intact, Mm. how long are we going to live, what our longevity looks like, like what do you want to look like when you're 90 years old, how do you want to function when you're 90 years old. And if you can hone all these different types of things and amongst all that, 
doing what you want to do on a daily basis that makes you stoked. Mm -hmm. If you can do those things and you've got all these great connections with people, great connections with your nutrition and your lifestyle, great connections with your, um, with your passions, that's like, that's ultimate performance right there. No matter what level it is, whether you can run a 20 minute 5k or a 30 minute 5k, as long as you are in that space, mm-hmm. you, you're good. You're good. You should, you should have some type of physical capacity to be able to be autonomous. Mm-hmm. That's where you should be. I feel mm-hmm. I'm not telling people where to be, but you should be able to be autonomous and do the, you know, your daily given tasks by yourself, like to the degree of making sure you can, you can carry things and stand up and do that stuff as a bare minimum. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, as I said, it's a the peak performance is a buzzword and it gets thrown around, you know, that you always have to be at your maximum capacity 24-7. Every single training run has to be at 100%. You have, you know, PRs, PBs, every single run. And I, I think, you know, from what I got from that, I think we're a bit too fucking hard on ourselves. Yeah, it's like, the it's the... The great average and shit ratio. So we're looking at like 30, 33% of the time when we're training, mm. we should be freaking awesome, on point, hitting PRs. Another third of the time, we should be just hitting exactly where our numbers sit. Mm-hmm. Like if we want to be running 110, 400 repeats, we're in between the 109 and the 111 every single time. We're just on point, coach. Thank you. And then another third of the time, we should be, holy shit, those 400 <laughs> repeats that I was supposed to be doing at yeah. 110 – Coach, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm 118, I'm 120. Mm. And then that's your balance. It's not always peak performance all the time. You have to go through ebbs and flows of good, bad, mm. and just somewhere in between when you're just neutral. And I think that that's the key with pretty much anything because if we're not, you've got to ride that fine line. Mm. We're giving ourselves stimulus to adapt to on a regular basis. And that's the key to the longevity portion of this is that, that little stimulus, so let's just look at it from a biology standpoint, that stimulus of running around the track 10 times, hitting those 110s is going to produce a response in the body. Mm-hmm. And ideally, we're enhancing mitochondria to produce more energy. Mm-hmm. We're enhancing our ability to uh, disperse waste and um, byproducts. We're enhancing our ability to maintain focus and clarity whilst we're doing these hard efforts. We're doing a bunch of these different things. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes when we're getting stressed in other areas. It's all a stimulus in some particular way and all those little stimulus that we get are going to add to our longevity and add to our experience bank. And that experience bank is what I'm kind of talking about here with I want to go out and meet people. I want to go out and do things. I want to get as much experience as I possibly can for the time I'm on the planet Hmm. because if I can do that, every single thing that I do next, I'm going to have a better understanding of what I want to do and the decisions I'm going to make for where I want to go because it's I've got so much more experience in the bank to make a better decision or to make a decision that's going to allow me to experience more again. And I feel like that's kind of why we're here. And if I can do all that and get excited about that, almost like, yeah, what else is there? Mm. Fuck, you worded that perfectly. You worded that really – that was like poetry. Oh, thanks. That was good, man. And I – I think uh, with the experience piece, I want to sort of change gears here a bit and, you know, talk about your, you know, outside CrossFit, outside, you know, social media, outside everything and just with James. And, you know, we talk about, you know, optimising health, physical health. But I think the big one, again, buzzword is mental health. And, you know, for you, with mental health, I, I know, like... Again, social media is just a highlight reel of, you know, your best bits. Mm. What does a bad day, like, like I mean it, like, what, what like, because you're a happy dude. Every single time I've seen you with Matt, every time we've had a conversation, you are, you're just a happy guy. But, you know, on the back end of things, when you've had a real shit day, you're tired, you're, you're burnt out. What does that look like? You know, you you, uh, you live at home, like, yeah. by, by yourself? Yeah, by myself, yeah. So, like, you know, you, you're by yourself home alone like what like you've had a shit day mm. what, what does that what does that look like because yeah. you're a happy dude yeah no totally and the thing is i'm not always happy <laughs> like that's it like it, it's plain and simple like i'm human as well and i'll go through phases where you know like i'm i'm trying to grow a startup business at the moment and i'm also trying to 
you know, be a good friend, um, be a good son, um, be a good person to everybody, try and tick all these boxes. And sometimes, like I mentioned before, sometimes I will drop a ball from time to time. But typically, like, if I'm ever upset or sad or things aren't, I feel like things aren't working. Mm. Like, I'm, you know, I could have, you know, forgotten to place an order for someone who wanted some protein and I've made a mistake. And that happens multiple times in a row or, which doesn't really happen that often, but, or I could be given, you know, a deadline that I can't meet. Like, there's no way for me to meet it. My immediate reaction is, this sucks, I'm frustrated, I'm pissed off, fuck this. Mm. And then I think to myself, okay, at the end of the day, this will all be fine. But there's no way I would have known that before without experience. Mm. So I could be sitting there and I'll call my dad mm. or I'll call my brother or I'll call a mate and I'll just be like, having a shit day, overloaded with work, can't deal with it, can't keep up with all this stuff. This is difficult. They will usually talk me around, make me understand, look at it from a different perspective. Mm. And for me, I think looking at things from different perspectives, like you'll, you'll start a task, you'll get stuck at a point in that task and you'll think, I do not know how to finish this. I don't know how to make this thing work. It's wrecked. It's ruined. Mm. You go to bed that night, you wake up the next day, you walk in, you look at the task and say, oh, I should have done that yesterday. Mm. Then you go, you got the answer. So sometimes you just need to re- reframe it, look at it from a different perspective and then check it again at another time or put it to bed for an hour or two or the next day. At the moment, I'm going through some days where I'll call my brother like three or four times mm. in, a, in a day and just be like, hey man, just uh, need a chat just because I've got all this stuff on and I actually do not see a pathway through the maze to get this done in the time frame that's required. And he'll just figure out a way to make it feel, make me feel better about it. And sometimes I just need to vent it out and talk about it. And he goes, just again, What's your priority list? What do you need help with? Mm. Can you delegate this? Can you do this? And usually it's just like, I could do that. I could do that. And then, you know, the next day you just wake up with another sense of enthusiasm to get after it again. But again, I, I am a fairly happy person. I do run pretty well under stress. Mm. I do like being under pressure. Under pressure, I think I thrive a bit more, but it also keeps me on my toes. And then making sure that I understand where my stress bucket sits, how big my bucket is and how much stress is in it. That's super crucial. Otherwise you'll get to the point of burnout where you lose motivation for everything mm. or your motivation severely declines and you do not want that. Mm. That sucks being there before. I've been to the point where I didn't want to train for like five months and I did not train for five months. Mm. Like 2017, I didn't train five months because I just overloaded myself with pressure. And a lot of it was... Um, uh, like self-manifested pressure that was coming from myself rather than other people. Mm. I think I thought people expected more of me than what they actually did. Mm. So when I get stuck in times like that where I'm sitting there, I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to get this done. I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. I don't know how I'm going to get that produced. I don't know how I'm going to write this label. I don't know how I'm going to recreate this funnel. I don't know how I'm going to set up all these emails and set up all these other bits and pieces. I actually don't know how I'm going to get it done. That's when I need to take a step back, put it all out on a piece of paper or write it on one of my whiteboards and then just get it out of my head and onto a piece of paper. A lot of other people are dealing with other stresses that I am not as familiar with, things like kids, a partner, um, other financial pressures. Um, it, it could be a multitude of things like relationships with mates. Um, I'm, I guess I'm... I'm in a in a position where I've put everything in place for myself right now to deal with what I have to deal with in the best way possible. Mm. And that's by consolidating down my focal points. And I feel like no matter – and I've, I've thought about this before. I've thought about when was a time – so actually I'll go back. I'll go back a little bit and I'll talk a little bit about when I was competing. When I was competing, I used to freak out about – particular composition at uh, competitions and not not the worst freaker outer you know no i didn't oh, i didn't have the worst mindset towards it but i would always get a little bit edgy a little bit antsy leading up to competition thinking what if i can't perform what if i can't snatch when i get out there what if i forget how to butterfly pull up what if i get what if i forget how to handstand walk and i had spoken to a lot of sports psychologists before and then the best advice that i ever got was from a lady named Michelle and she just 
I just I paid her with a peppermint tea. That's all she wanted. And she would just chat to me. And she goes, when is the, the last time you ever forgot how to snatch? And I was like, never. She goes, well, why are you sitting here worrying about that? I was like, mm, yeah, that's a good point. And then she's like, when was the last time you trained really hard and focused on something and you didn't do pretty well? I was like, I can't think of one. Mm. Okay, cool. That's a good point. So when I look at my focal points, so getting back to where we were, there's never been a time that I have not given 100% laser focus to a task or a passion or a, um, a, a business that hasn't done pretty well. The ones that haven't succeeded are ones that I have not given complete focus mm. to. And so every time I get caught in the idea is like, what if this fails? What if this does poorly? What if I lose everything? What if, you know, what if this? Mm. And I just think, when was the last time I gave 100% laser focus and complete passion to something and it didn't work out? Can't think of one. Why are you worrying about it? Mm. Great, let's go. Mm. That's it. I love it. I love it. How are we going for time? I'm just curious about time. Cool. Um, so with with that piece, like, it's the what if. I think the what if is, like, the dream killer mm. for a lot of – including myself. Like, in, man, including myself. You know, it's the what, what if I can't finish this 100-miler. Yeah. I tell you, like, in my heart of hearts, I know – I've got it in me. Mm. I know I've got. I, I can. I can suffer. I've suffered my entire life, and you know. I go. When was a time that I didn't put my hundred percent and didn't finish? Never. 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 And you know, we, for the person that is out there, you know, usually I sort of like land these podcasts with with that question, but I think this is a good good one. Mm. You know, for the person that has that what if mentality you know, who hasn't got the experience, who hasn't, you know, done what you've done, um, you know, what is your message to them when they are in doubt of themselves, when, when they are sort of in that, in that hole? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Well, the other key factor is that what's the worst case scenario? You fail. Mm. The end of the day, that is not a bad thing. Mm. It's maybe social situations make it feel like it's a bad thing but it is not like the amount of times that i've lost a race the amount of times that i've i didn't qualify the 2014 games that my almost my rookie year by two seconds there have been so many times that i've failed at something that i had put some you know some hard effort but there were times where i knew in 2014 that i did not give my complete effort in training i did not give my complete whole self to training i was also running a business at the time and i was spread very thin but at the time i thought i was giving my best but looking back i can look at it now and say okay well i was doing that 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 and that mm. it was, wasn't conducive to winning mm -hmm. so at the end of the day if you do fail at something that is fine too so what if what if i fail what if i don't finish my race what if it is a learning experience that will give you such good knowledge and things to rely on and a capacity that you wouldn't have had prior, which is only a bonus at the end of the day. And whilst it isn't the goal that you wanted, maybe the outcome is better than the goal you wanted. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> You'd be a poet too. Oh. <laughs> you, you're good with your word. That's nice. I, I think, you know, I, I say this in most of my podcasts, like the whole reason I, I do this is to learn. You know, it's not for followers it's not for anything like that it's a personal things it's a it's a personal learning thing for me that's I, good you know i get to have your perspective and you've done a lot and i, I really appreciate you know your insight into you know your life what you're doing and what you've done and you know so to sort of land this and bring this down i've got one more question yeah what is something you wish my audience or your audience uh, to know about you something that they don't know that you want them to know about you um if they don't know this already i've mentioned it once before but quite a while ago i think for a long time i was just seen as you know a good crossfit athlete a good i was good at sport mm -hmm. and that's cool yeah that's great 
Like it's it's kind of a, of a nice feeling to know mm. that. But at the end of the day, I feel like I would always rather be remembered for being a kind, happy, compassionate, good bloke. At the end of the day, I'd rather that than I'd rather be like, oh, he was a, he was a sick CrossFitter. He was good at that stuff. I'd rather be known for being a good bloke than anything else. If I could just leave that mark, then I'm cool with that. It's probably the one thing. Well, I can tell you, you're a good bloke. <laughs> you're a good bloke. Thanks. But man, like, yeah, we, we think we're pretty good for time now. So look, I'm. Um, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. My like, pleasure. Again, apologies for being late. Oh, dude, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely fine. But it's just, as I said with the podcast, like I get to meet people like you. Oh, I've met you before, but you know, to have conversations like this, to learn stuff that I, I need to know that I that I can learn that other people can learn and I think a lot of my audience are sort of in that transitioning boat where you know if if they go down this path or this path they, they don't know yet that and it's learning you know stuff like what you've just said and yeah I appreciate it I really really do yeah my pleasure and I think for a lot of people that are listening the thing that I think about on a regular basis is just having a crack like I like having a crack had a lot of stuff some things are perceived as positive experiences. Some are perceived as negative experiences. But at the end of the day, it's an experience that you put in the bank. Mm. doesn't really matter which one it is. It's kind of not good or bad or in between. It's a thing. And these experiences are just banked and banked and banked. It's all good stuff. We all die in the end. Yeah. And so, you know, Take as much with you as possible in, in, in the head and in, in the body. How many? Well, we've got something like... 60 summers left yeah 60 summers yeah let's go gone. oh it's and they're all every year so far they're all getting better so hopefully they just keep getting better <laughs> your words man anyway thank you so much for doing this and uh, hopefully i'll get you back on soon love it thank you so much appreciate yes. it thank you If you are enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to rate, subscribe, share, do whatever you need to do to get this podcast out to help other people on their journey of life because sometimes life can get hard but hopefully I can make it a little easier with my words and conversations on the Running Deep podcast.